Abuse is such a tough situation. We want to speak to all the brave wives out there who are putting on the mask every Sunday and acting like things are okay when every week you live through the cycle of walking on eggshells, explosions, the honeymoon stage, and then starting all over again. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to OYF.support. Once again, that website is OYF.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a sad but necessary topic for you this week. This is episode number 123, and today we're going to be talking about abuse in marriage. We're actually going to be talking about this for the next few episodes, and today we're starting with the question, is my husband abusive? Hey there. Before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed bottling up stuff in your marriage and what to do to help you work through conflict instead. It's worth going back and checking out. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. If you're struggling today, we're back with more research-based biblical advice, and most of all, we offer hope. Okay, let's get into the topic of abuse. And I'm thinking, Verlinda, too, just to start, I had this at the end, but Colossians chapter 3 and verse 19 says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Mm. And I think that in this relationship in particular, there's this call to be kind and to be gentle. Because a marriage relationship should be our most vulnerable, intimate relationship, aside from our relationship with God, mm-hmm. right, on earth. And so the reason why abuse is such an astoundingly difficult thing is because it's in that context of where it should be intimate that it's actually most dangerous. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so this is this is why it's an important topic to speak to. And one thing that you brought up for just before we started was about, like, what about men in abusive relationships where mm-hmm. the man's being abused? Yeah. And I didn't come prepared for that today. So this is the most common scenario and we'll just roll with this, but... Okay. Um, I'm assuming it goes both ways. Like abuse is going to look... Emotionally, I could see it going both ways. It'd be harder for me to see it going both ways physically. Yeah. Where a man lives like physically intimidated by his wife all the time. It's possible. Right. Okay. Um, I'm not familiar with that. I haven't actually come across a case like that. They, I'm sure they exist though. I think that one of my biggest fears coming to a topic like this is that there's a lot of times that the abuse word gets thrown out there to describe stuff that really isn't Mm -hmm, abuse. mm -hmm. And there's also a lot of times when something should be called abuse and it's not. And so that's why we wanted to take this first episode to really help you as our listener go through this. If you think it might be your situation, you know, before we start talking about how this is going to go in terms of a trajectory over the course of your marriage or talking about in terms of how to get help, we want you to know, like, am I in an abusive situation? So one of the things that we put together for this episode is an assessment tool so that you can go through a specific set of questions and then evaluate to see if your husband is abusive. And we'll talk about how you can get that tool just before the break. So As one might expect for Linda, abuse gets categorized in a number of different ways. And I often like to point out that in the simplest terms, when you're dealing with issues of power and control, you may be in an abusive situation. Power and control. Those two things together. And you do need both of them, not just one. So if you try to, if you think about splitting them apart, right, there's a lot of us who struggle with anxiety and we try to exert a lot of control on the world around us to help reduce the uncertainty that comes with anxiety. Right. Yeah. And that's an anxiety problem. That's not an abuse problem. 
Does that make okay, sense? Yeah. And there are power struggles in marriage too, probably for most of us, but that doesn't constitute abuse all by itself either. So let's lay out some groundwork here about the types of abuse in marriage. I think it's helpful to look at physical versus non-physical abuse. And I've actually encountered wives experiencing physical abuse and they didn't recognize it as such because not all forms of physical abuse look like a balled up fist. It was like they just thought this was normal, what happened in every marriage. Really? So let's talk about physical abuse. It includes any type of violence. And here's a list that's going from least to worst seriousness. And I, I almost hate to put things like that sometimes because you can do something mild. If you're going mild. through it, it's still serious. It's all terrible, right? Yeah, yeah. But this can include throwing something or throwing something with the intent to hurt or intimidate. Okay. It can include pushing, grabbing, shoving, slapping, pulling hair, choking, hitting with an object, attempting to drown, beating, threats, or use of a weapon such as a knife or gun. That was one researcher's definition. In addition to that, I would include things like blocking, where you, you block a doorway, you won't let someone out. It's kind of a trapping thing. Mm. Or just acting threat, threatening or intimidating by posturing yourself physically in, okay. in such a way as to do that, right? And so this includes things where this type of physical abuse includes circumstances where the abused person is not actually being touched. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, there's also non-physical abuse, and this can be more difficult to identify. And I just want to pause here to make a point. So a few years ago, I came across my first situation as a therapist where I had a wife asking for help. And to help me make sure I was brushed up on this topic, on this problem, I consulted with a therapist who was, or who has written a book on the subject. She's an expert. And during my consultation with her, she mentioned the case of a woman who had been stabbed several times by her husband, rolled up in a rug, and then left in a field to die. And this woman survived. And her words were that the stabbing was awful, but his words hurt me more than anything else. Wow. And so, you know, I think for a lot of us that have been blessed to grow up in safe families where there was no physical violence and there wasn't like terribly abusive language, we often think of the worst kind of abuse as being the batterer, right? And I don't want to discount battery at all, but I just want to raise the point that non-physical abuse is incredibly brutal too, and it should not be discounted just because it's non-physical. Right. So the old playground saying that sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but words never do, that's a bunch of baloney, especially in an abusive context. So just mm -hmm, keep that in mind mm -hmm. if you're just beginning to learn about abuse with us today. So there are four categories of non-physical abuse in one of the journal articles that we pulled for this. First, emotional abuse, which can include verbal abuse. And that occurs when a spouse tries to provoke arguments, to engage in name calling, to make you feel inadequate and shouts or swears at you. Okay. okay? Mm -hmm. And just jump in here if we need any definitions through this for Linda. Okay. Social abuse occurs when a partner limits contact with family and friends. Okay, makes sense. Economic abuse occurs when a partner prevents you from knowing about or having access to family income. Huh. And psychological abuse occurs when a partner undermines the security of the victim's own logic and reason. In short, the abuse makes her feel as if she's losing her mind. Okay. So that that's just like... Like she is always second guessing herself? Yeah, it leads her to thing? second guess herself and he's he's changing circumstances and history and interpretations so that she's oh. always the confused, befuddled. Oh no, you weren't clear on that actually, honey. This is how it went. Okay, okay. And so when this happens, it's pretty clear because you don't know which way is up. Right, right. Now where this all gets tricky is that your spouse's behaviors can just look like bad behavior, right? Mm -hmm. And then we're talking about abuse as well. So where where's the difference between bad behavior and abuse? Yeah. And this is where I want to talk about this and help us just differentiate. Are my husband's behaviors destructive or disappointing? So Leslie Vernick is a Christian counselor, 
and she works with many couples in abusive marriages. And I'm going to refer to her work because she has great work. But I do want to just say this, that I've been to her website. And in my opinion, which she may or may not want, I think that the marketing people have designed her website so that it invites wives to conclude that their husbands are abusive. Mm, I don't like that. And I think that it's a very risky approach and I would urge a great deal of caution if you go on her site. No, I have nothing to say in the defense of abusive husbands, right? And, you know, my blood can boil when I come across these situations too. We'll just put it that way. But her site makes an assumption that you've shown up married to a manipulator. And you may have shown up married to a husband who has some manipulative behaviors. And there's a difference. Oh, okay. Okay. And what's funny is that her book is actually really good on, on doing a good job of differentiating between them, whereas the site appears to invite you into this conclusion. So I'm just, that's a caution there. But her name is Leslie Vernick. She has a great book. It's called The Emotionally Destructive Marriage. We have a link to that in our show notes. If you want to go to that, you can get to buy that book. You can go to oif.link slash 123123. That's this episode number. And just look for that link to the book in our show notes. But in there, she makes a distinction between marriages that are disappointing and marriages that are destructive. Now, you may be listening today and you find yourself in a disappointing marriage, but one that's not necessarily destructive or abusive. You see, there are lots of marriages in which things don't turn out as expected, and you may feel upset that there's not enough romance, that your husband disagrees with you on important issues, or that you don't feel the emotional connection that you want. And if you're fighting over these issues, like the question becomes, where does it move from disappointing to destructive? Because mm -hmm. a lot of our conflict can end up looking quite destructive, right? And she gives three indicators to help you know kind of which side of the fence your marriage is falling on, the disappointing side or the destructive side. So I'm assuming that destructive means like there's abuse in the yeah. marriage. Okay. Yeah. So the first indicator that she looks at is the possibly abusive behaviors are repeated over and over again. And I like a couple of things that she says here, Verlinda. First, she says that emotionally destructive marriages consist of emotional abuse that systematically degrades, diminishes, and conventionally destroy the personhood of the abused. So it's a pattern of behavior. It's not just a one-time. Yes. And I think thing. the systematic is is one of the key words here. Mm -hmm. So she, when you're looking for that pattern, you know, when I work with wives, I call this evidence gathering. Like just watch and see. Because quite often an abusive husband will misbehave and you say, I'll change, I'll fix that, right? Right. And, or he says, you know, God's forgiven me. I just need you to give me another chance too. So I, the instruction to the wife is, well, you watch and observe and see if these systematic behaviors have left or if they're still present. Because we're all prone to individual instances of destructive sin. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you can't define your marriage as abusive from one single episode of behavior, but you should be looking for these repetitive attitudes and behaviors that result in tearing you down or inhibiting your growth as a person. Okay. Okay. So that's the first one, the systematic repetitive thing. Yep. Secondly, on many occasions, there are more than one or two potentially abusive behaviors happening at the same time. Okay. So perhaps with the list I gave you at the start, you heard your husband in one of the examples. Does that automatically indicate abuse? Not necessarily. The other re researcher that I referred to points out that some behaviors such as name calling or provoking may not indicate abuse, but a spouse that engages in many or all of them may be more clearly labeled abusive. So for this one, you ask yourself the question, are there more than one or two potentially abusive behaviors going on at the same time? And are they systematic or are they repetitive? Together with that one, yeah. Okay. And then the third one, which I alluded to earlier, is the potential abuser shows the following qualities when it comes to these behaviors. One, lack of awareness. Two, lack of responsibility. And this means they're often blaming you. Like, if you hadn't provoked me, I wouldn't have punched you kind of thing. People actually say that? Yeah. Like, if you would just behave yourself, I wouldn't. Have we wouldn't have these problems in our marriage. Like, all you have to do is put a supper on the table that's not burnt. How hard is that? Wow. That's how it goes, right? Okay. Okay. Number three, lack of change. 
Number four. Oh, sorry. This is not number four. This is a summary to these. So lack of awareness, lack of responsibility, lack of change. Now your abusive spouse, if he is falling into this or being qualified by these criteria may have made promises of changing or taking responsibility or becoming aware, but we're looking for evidence that he's actually getting traction with this in his behavior. Okay. So if your husband misbehaves, but then demonstrates change and shows awareness of what is going on and how it's impacting you and takes responsibility, then his behaviors may not fall into the abusive category. He may just have learned some really bad habits and he's now, you know, he's realizing, okay, this doesn't work in marriage. I need to change this. Oh. And I've seen guys that do things that are totally not acceptable, but it's not an abusive marriage situation. And because he they owns it. They just don't it, know better. Yeah. And genuinely, you see him like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. I didn't realize I was being so horrible. And he actually modifies. Okay. Right. So you got to take these three things together. The Repetitive. repetitiveness of the abusive behaviors, the weighing one or two, or there are more than one or two, sorry, happening at the same time. And then awareness, responsibility, and change. If there's a total lack of all those things, if you have yeses and all of that, then you may have an abusive situation. Okay. Does that make sense? I think so. hope so. So we've looked at abusive behavior. We know that it's repetitive. It involves a variety okay, of behaviors. Slow down. I can't even understand you. All we've right. looked at abusive behavior. We've looked at abusive behavior. And it's repetitive. Yes, I just repeated that. <laughs> <laughs> it involves a variety of behaviors, and it often comes with a lack of awareness and responsibility and change. Okay, you did just repeat that. Yeah. Okay. But if that's the only time I did it, it's okay. <laughs> All right. So just to, because I know that this is such a sensitive issue, right? And if you're in this situation, you want clarity. Mm-hmm. You want to know. You need to know what you're dealing with. Yes. I think that's the first step here. And so that's why we're actually going to go through another scale right now called the scale of psychological abuse in intim- intimate partner violence. This is a new scale developed in 2016. And in this scale, they divide psychological abuse into the following categories. There's six of them, and I'm going to list these off. So we're going to have a list here again. Okay. And there's quite a bit here, but remember that we've simplified, or we have a simplified two-page assessment tool available for our much appreciated supporters. And it's a good tool to help you identify if you're in an abusive marriage and if you should be seeking help for that. Now, you can get this tool by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. We'll just take a quick 60-second break here to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day to day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about identifying patterns of non-violent abusive behavior. So all I was going to say is before the break, you talked about this tool that we have to help people assess whether they're in an abusive relationship and if they should get help. And I was kind of thinking, 
even if they're not in an abusive situation, but they're getting, mm. like they're questioning whether or not they're there yeah, and they're realizing from this assessment they're not, right. I think maybe they should still get help. Yeah, get a sounding board. Especially because, Verlinda, and I'm so glad you mentioned that, especially because it's such a disorientating experience. Right. And so if you're uncertain, that may actually be one of your biggest clues that you are in one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But if there's behaviors in a marriage, even if it's not abusive, but are so like the name calling or, you know, there's just one of those things that happens periodically. Yeah. It still might be a good idea to get help and Yeah, at the very least, you'll find out there's something that you guys need to work on and can do to... And change and make it better. Take that destructive part out. Yeah. Good point. Anyhow. Okay. As you were. Thank you. So let's just go through these and let me know if I need to expand on anything here. Okay. So... First category, emotional abuse. And here's, there's seven examples. My husband addresses me with insults and mockery. My husband invalidates me or makes fun of me in front of other people. My husband blames me for things that I'm not responsible for. My husband's demonstrations of love occur when he wants me to forgive him for some offensive behavior or for some other reason in his own interest. Hmm. It bothers my husband when I express my feelings. My husband blames me for almost everything that goes wrong between us. And my husband is affectionate only when it is in his own interest. That one okay? Yeah. I mean, that sounds like yep. pretty emotional so the, to me. Yeah. The next grouping, imposition of one's own thinking. My husband does not tolerate my disagreeing with him. During disagreements, my husband imposes his view of things. My husband rejects my way of thinking when it doesn't coincide with his. And so you're I, not allowed to have your own opinion, yes. basically. Again, this is why you need to take all these things in context, because almost every marriage I see in conflict, both spouses are rejecting each other's view of things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But number three is like the complete dismissal of like, there's no way you could possibly even write. It's like a crazy making. This is a very intense, continuous, deliberate rejection of your way of thinking. Okay. To the point where you don't even believe yourself hardly anymore. The third one is the imposition of a subservient role. My husband treats me as if I was his private servant. My husband makes me do things that go against my values. My husband rules my daily life without considering what I want. Number four is isolation. My husband makes me grow apart from my friends. My husband tries to make us have as little contact with the family as possible, usually with her family. My husband keeps me from doing activities I feel like doing. My husband keeps me from establishing relationships with the people around me. Hmm. So isolation is a big clue as well. Number five, control and manipulation of information. My husband manipulates the information he has to give me to suit his own interests. My husband does not allow me to talk to anyone about the abusive behaviors. My husband has hidden important information from me. My husband does not allow me to seek help to deal with our problems. Wow, that manipulation of information is interesting, hey? It is, yeah. And the last one, control of personal life. My husband will not allow me to participate in decisions about our money, debt, or other assets. My husband makes me perform or watch sexual practices against my wishes. My husband controls everything I do. My husband interrogates me and other people around me to find out what I do and who I am with at all times. My husband controls our money and restricts my use of it as much as possible. Wow. Any thoughts, babe? So are kind of like all these things, I guess it's a scale. Yeah. You said at the beginning, because I was going to say like, I can think of many couples as like, oh, well, that's an issue or that's an issue. Yeah. But if it's not like all six of these things... Yeah, I don't have that particular thing as to how they, it is a scale, but if you're sitting there going, you know, a lot of these things, like half or more describe us, then I would encourage you to seek help. Yeah. I mean, let's put it this way. If, if a number of these were characteristic of your marriage and your marriage was not abusive, it still would be very unpleasant. 
That's exactly and what it's I worth was seeking help for. That's exactly what I was trying to say earlier. Earlier, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Even if it's not abusive, it's going to be a miserable marriage if yeah. these things are present. Yeah. And when you sit with a therapist, which if you don't have an abusive husband, he should be willing to do and to get feedback. Mm-hmm. Maybe reluctant, I guess. In all fairness, there's a lot of people are just reluctant to go to therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know why? Because I think in going, you have to admit that you need to change. Yeah. Something's wrong and I and need to And you don't change. know what to replace these behaviors with, maybe? I don't know. Um, I think I was going somewhere with that. Oh, yes. It will give him, at the very least, an opportunity to sit and hear how these behaviors are impacting you. Mm. And if he can see that and recognize that and, had, and he's like, I, babe, I had no idea that this was doing that to you. Yeah. You know, I was just trying to make sure we're saving enough money for our retirement. Mm-hmm. So we're, that's kind of referring to the control of finances thing. Then, you know, that's clear evidence to you that we actually have quite a healthy person here with some behavior problems. Right. And maybe I have some too. And we can work on this marriage, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We started with the question, is my husband abusive? Yes. And then we talked about types of abuse in marriage, physical and non-physical, and noted that we should never discount non-physical abuse just because nobody's getting hit. Just because we can't see it. Like I think the non-physical happens in private. I'm sure the physical does too, but often there's uh, evidence evidence that we can see. Yeah. Yeah. And then we looked at Vernick's take on, is my marriage disappointing or abusive? And our three helpful evaluation points, which are... One, the possibly abusive behaviors are repeated over and over again. So there's systematic, repetitive attitudes and behaviors. Mm-hmm. Two, there are a variety of potentially abusive behaviors going on, like there's more than one or two of them. Yeah. And three, the potential abuser shows a lack of awareness, a lack of taking responsibility, and a lack of change. And finally, the list from the more recently developed psychological scale. You can look over that list in our blog post for this episode at oif.link slash 123123. Remember, too, that you can become a patron. And if you do that today, you'll get instant access to the assessment tool for this episode, which is only available to our supporters. You can become a patron by going to oif.support in your browser. And again, just that reminder at the end of this that, you know, if you're listening to this and even if there's some points that have prompted you as a husband, because we have a lot of guys listening to our podcast and you realize you're misbehaving, just remember that principle, husbands love your wives and do not be harsh with them. You know, the world's a difficult enough place without the people that are closest to us being harsh with us as well. Mm -hmm. And so let's find ways to be kind, to show caring, and let's find ways to resolve our differences so that we're not being harsh. So let's wrap this up, baby. Okay. We'd like to thank Mark and Leslie for becoming patrons of our show this week. We really appreciate each of you coming on board. It means a lot to us because we know there are a lot of ways you could choose to spend your money and you chose to help us out. So thank you. Mm-hmm. We also want to shout out a huge thank you to those who left us reviews on iTunes this week. Actually, we're just catching up on them this week. They left them quite a while ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And then the... Uh, well, I'm just reading them this week, so they're very exciting yes. for me. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> says, love your podcast, five stars by Tidy Guy. That's S- really some funny. lucky wife there. Married <laughs> tidy guy. I tell you. I stumbled onto your podcast and it has been very helpful for my marriage and myself. I would love to send in some questions for some insight. Thank you all for what you do. Yeah. If you have questions, you can mail them in, email them in, and um, we might be able to turn them into a podcast episode if we feel they'll speak to a lot of people. Yeah. The contact but, us form on the website. Do yeah, we have that? There's a get in touch. Okay. Uh, go to onlyyouforever.com. Look at the link to the top for get in touch. I do respond to almost every email that I get still. So Still? <laughs> well, <laughs> yep. one day it might be too much. All right. We have another one. Is this from this week too? Yeah. You're reading it this week. It's I from am. October. Oh, okay. Yeah. Invaluable Across Faiths, five stars by Diners. 
from Canada. I was referred to this podcast by a friend who raved about its value because of the research and human aspect of hearing both hosts speak. I wholeheartedly agree with her. There are Christian references respecting the faith of the hosts that are well used to complement the immense research and reinforce the skills and concepts of a strong marriage. Even as non-Christians, friend and I both, I find the entire content incredibly on point as the concepts conveyed in the research and faith-based examples are ones that are universally, in my opinion, fundamental to a strong and thriving marriage. Listen and decide for yourself. Hope this helps. Kudos on a great job. Thank you. Yeah. And as I was running somebody last week offline, just saying, like, let's remember that marriage is not a Christian institution. It's a human institution. Oh. It's given by God for humanity. Yeah. So next week, Caleb. We're talking about will the abuse get better or is it going to stay the same? Like, will my husband improve? So abuse oh. is deeply rooted in people's belief systems. And so we want to talk about recovery rates and how to figure out if you might consider sticking things out or if there is really no hope for your husband. Oh, then be interesting. This can be another challenging episode. Yeah. So that's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 123. And find out how you can help. Go to oyf.support. Thanks. And we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever. Yeah, I just wanted to stop. You said... Wait for the train. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, like two trains a day, it has to come over recording a podcast. <laughs> and the other one comes in the middle of the night. <clears throat> I don't even know where the lines are around here. Oh, yeah, the train is gone. <laughs>